On Saturday, June 25th of this year, Minds, the organization, is having an event called the Festival of Minds. It's going to feature speakers like Cornell West, Tim Poole, Destiny, Coleman Hughes, Maji Nawaz, Blair White, James O'Keefe, Nick Gillespie, Bill Ottman, and a bunch of other people, including Daryl Davis, who definitely deserves a mention. Now, I won't be speaking at this event, but I will be there because it's in my backyard. And if you come out, you can not only see this crazy event by Minds, you can also meet me in person because I will be walking around wandering and saying hey minds why didn't you have me on stage i'd crush every single person on the stage because i am sean and therefore the best of all time ladies and gentlemen boys and girls and children of all ages there is great news in the united states of america that just broke last night and of course what i'm referring to is that the citizens in the city of san francisco one of the most progressive cities in the united states of america the birthplace of Drag Queen Story Hour, which, by the way, if you didn't know that San Francisco was the birthplace of Drag Queen Story Hour, you did know it. I didn't even need to say it. Obviously, it came from San Francisco. They have recalled Chesa Boudin, the woke progressive district attorney who refuses to prosecute absolutely anyone for anything in an absolute stunning rebuke of crazy leftist radical criminal justice policy. This is a great day for the United States of America. It's a great day for the city of San Francisco to show that even this city has its limits with the progressives. And we're going to talk about it on the other side of this ad because this video is brought to you by My Digital Money. Let's talk about investment paralysis. Recently, a bunch of so-called experts were all predicting that Bitcoin would drop to $10,000, wiping out a ton of people. What ended up happening? When it dropped to $29,000, a bunch of institutional investors got on board and they pushed it back up to 31k. Talk is cheap, and that's what a lot of these so-called experts and pundits are doing, just giving you cheap talk. What you should do is follow the money, follow the institutional investors, follow the billionaires. They got rich for a reason, and what their strategy appears to be when it comes to Bitcoin and other crypto coins is buying the dip. If you're interested in investing in crypto i hope you'll consider my digital money you can visit them at mydigitalmoney.com or you could talk to their u.s-based customer support at 833-636-2008 that's 833-636-2008 call them go on their website and learn about your options today on this channel we've discussed chesa boudin before we've discussed the whole string of far leftist da's that are funded by george soros that are backed by people like sean king who refuse to prosecute any crimes and and the obvious implications of these changing attitudes in the United States of America and their impacts on crime in this country, which, of course, without me even having to say it, have led to dramatic crime increases. And San Francisco is no exception to this rule. Now, a lot of people will say, well, the homicide rate isn't up any more than it's up in other cities that are comparable to San Francisco, so there's nothing to worry about, as if homicide, even though it's incredibly important, is the be-all, end-all in terms of crime. We have seen, over the past couple of years, all of the rampant, insane shoplifting that has been going on in the city of San Francisco unchecked, and the organized crime that has sprung up around it. Let me give you a little bit of a taste of it, so you can see how powerless people have actually been when it comes to these crimes. Criminals. Empty shelves at this Walgreens drugstore, and it's not because of pandemic-related panic shopping. Now the store is closing due to what local reports are calling a spree of rampant shoplifting. And look at this. Just 15 minutes after an Inside Edition crew showed up at the drugstore, 
we found this guy jumping over the front counter, taking an airbed, and leaving the store on his scooter. No questions asked, no one stopping him. We've also seen the explosion of unhinged, mentally disturbed homeless people roaming the streets of San Francisco, leaving needles everywhere, and the danger that they pose to the children, to the citizens of San Francisco, who even though they're a bunch of progressive weirdos, would like to not be victimized by crime, would like to not step on needles, and would like to not have a bucket of human feces thrown over their head just because they happen to walk by a crazy homeless person that the city has no interest in doing anything about. Ina Collins hoses down this tenderloin sidewalk every day, but says just a short time later, it's filthy again. Some of it is the byproduct of those living on the streets. Since the first of the year, the city's 311 service has received an astounding 14,597 calls about piles of poop down by the Civic Center. It's, it's pretty grim. Now an effort to get ahead of the complaints. That's right, the Department of Public Works will try to spot the mess before you do and steam clean it away. We've seen the anti-Asian attacks going on in San Francisco, whether they be robberies, whether they be homicides, whether they be assaults that ultimately end up leading to serious injury or death, and the obvious consequences of having a district attorney who thinks that just because black people disproportionately commit these attacks against Asians, that somehow in the name of some kind of weird, creepy balance, the city needs to counterbalance that by not prosecuting them because anything that has a gap between blacks and whites or blacks and other groups in the United States of America equals racism, so we'll ignore the higher rates of violent crime from them because of the evil racism. But Chesabudin does actually have his defenders. Chesabudin actually does have his white knights. Look at Chris Hayes and the segment that he did about the evil big money that is behind the recall of Chesabudin. We'll also be watching tomorrow's recall race in San Francisco, where big money donors are looking to take down reformist district attorney You know, when you're a career public defender who never prosecuted a single case and you skip over a bunch of people in the city of San Francisco that would be considered the next person in line in the city of San Francisco due to the fact that you're getting huge amounts of money from George Soros and all of the various organizations that he supports and all of the people that are aligned with him like Sean King and other left-wing activists, you kind of should lose the right to be able to claim that big money being spent as a counterbalance against you to get you out of office after you've been a disaster is something evil that we should all complain about and we should all whine about. Nowhere during the course of this Chris Hayes segment on MSNBC does he point out that Chester Budin is funded by all of these national organizations, by all of these international organizations, by billionaire George Soros, and all of these other leftist big money interest groups, Hollywood groups, and all that. He just says there's big money on the other side, pay no attention to where Chester Budin gets his money and his support from, and ignore the fact that this public defender was able to pass over all these other Democrats who should have been considered next in line, according to party politics, in order to take this position. Blaming Chesa Boudin and the left at large and reformers and people who want to reduce the U.S.'s incarceration rate from being the highest in the world, that has become very useful for the forces that explicitly want to take us back to mass incarceration. And the other thing that I find hilarious about this is the utter delusion, the lack of connection to reality that progressives in the United States of America actually have. First and foremost, San Francisco, even though they're disproportionately very progressive in terms of a city, 
is not representative of the nation as a whole. Only about 8% of the nation is progressive. Yet you have people like Chris Hayes and like Jane Huger and like all these people on the left constantly telling you about how progressives just win elections. Progressives winning elections is proof that people want a different brand of politics than this corrupt stuff from the establishment Democrats. We should all bow down to the progressives. Aren't the progressives swell? Aren't the progressives amazing? Aren't the progressives stunning and brave? And every time a progressive wins an election, it represents a sea change in the united states of america but it's never true when the opposite occurs it's never a rebuke of the progressive left it's never evidence that the left went too far left when there's a backlash against their insane policies that very few people in the united states of america and less than 40 percent of the people in san francisco actually support that's always due to outside money or people cheating or whatever 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 you need to say in order to cope with the loss and again chris hayes released this segment prior to the loss because that's how chris hayes rolls he can never admit that his side has gone too far he can never admit that the decay in san francisco is even bad for the city of san francisco he has to somehow separate this from the left separate the left-leaning city voting against his guy from reality because he needs to frame it in a way that defends the left and he's not the only one sean king actually put out a tweet after chester boudin who he vehemently supported repeatedly he's one of the guys that's on sean king's website which by the way are all terrible district attorneys you should go to this website you should donate to their political opponents if one of these monsters is running in a race that is near you that you can vote in you should vote against them get the word out because they are all horrible it's basically a murderer's row of people who actually support murder you need to get them out of there actually tweeted out after chesa budin lost that this loss revealed what the progressives knew all along that san francisco actually conservative no i'm not joking but somehow only when these people win and not the mountains of losses against these district attorneys are proof positive of how progressives are the truth in the United States of America. The whole country is actually way more progressive than you actually believe. This is just not the case, and people have had enough in the city of San Francisco, and that's because how bad things have gotten in this city. There's a bunch of different organizations and corporations that essentially start up their own police departments because Chesa Boudin has sufficiently neutered the San Francisco police in the actions that they're supposed to perform in order to keep the city in order. The big tech companies, the people who actually throw a bunch of money behind guys like Chesa, actually hired their own police in order to deal with situations because they're fine with defunding your police but god forbid anything should happen to them and their precious wealth in the city that is in decay all around them on top of that we touched on the organized crime that is going on it is so blatant and obvious that they've actually raided warehouses that the criminals have rented in order to store shoplifted materials valued at around eight million dollars an investigation just wrapped up that is the largest of its kind in the state of california quite possibly the largest in the nation nearly a hundred law enforcement officers spent thousands of hours over the span of eight months and in the end they had to sit through a literal mountain of evidence and arrested a suspect who whose nickname was the Medicine Man. We're here in the Central Valley town of Patterson because they didn't need just an evidence room, they needed an evidence warehouse. For professional thieves in the Bay Area, this has been a brutal week. 
This warehouse has been converted to an industrial-sized evidence processing center, now full of recovered stolen merchandise. Trailer after trailer, bin after bin, sack after sack, stored on pallets, stacked floor to ceiling, two stories tall. It took a team of 30 people two days to catalog it. On top of that, the criminals are so emboldened by being able to get away with these broad daylight robberies or looting because at the scale that they're happening, it's essentially a constant spree of looting in the city of San Francisco that there have actually been multiple reports of these criminals just getting a table two blocks away from the store that they just robbed of all their merchandise and setting up and selling the products that they stole from the people of San Francisco from their merchants right out in the public with no cost, no paying the rent for storefronts or any of that thing. And it's had obvious and devastating impacts on the city of San Francisco. Piles of unopened medication. How about the pods? Those are five? Cosmetics, laundry detergent, and razors. How much are the razors? The deals are astonishing. But authorities say it's at flea markets like this one in Oakland, where much of the Bay Area's shoplifted merchandise is resold. They know they can turn it around quickly. Recent high-profile cases of organized retail theft have cast an ugly pall on cities like San Francisco. Oh my God. More than a dozen Walgreens stores have shuttered. Target has limited its hours, blaming rampant shoplifting. Authorities say 85% of these cases are perpetrated by organized criminals. Just remember all the pharmacies that are closing in that area, like Walgreens, for instance, which, of course, Chris Hayes ultimately is denying is closing because of theft, even though you can hear in his denial that he actually has no alternative explanation. Um, I should note that Walgreens uh, thing they're talking about, it turned out to be a much more complicated story the stores were going to be closed for other reasons as well, or at least there was some uh, suggestion they were. Now, I've described repeatedly on this channel how big chains in the United States work. They work by selling you a high volume of stuff at low profit margins, which means that they are especially vulnerable to theft compared to your small businesses that might charge higher prices, but again, are doing so because they have such lower volume moved that they need to make more money per item. So when people come into a Walgreens and they constantly and consistently loot the Walgreens day after day, and that goes unchecked, all of those thieves are put out with a slap on the wrist only to commit the crime again, they are losing money and they can no longer be in business. And think about how absurd it is for Chris Hayes to talk about the multitude of factors that must have led to these Walgreens closing. Remember, we had a pandemic and these pharmacies were the distributors of the vaccines nationwide. So they had a giant reason for people, especially in left-leaning cities with high vaccination rates, to show up to their stores to get the shot and then ultimately end up buying anything. And yet, in spite of this, in spite of a medical crisis that does benefit pharmacies like Walgreens and CVS, they're closing across the city of San Francisco because they can no longer stay in business. This is the level of theft that they're dealing with. This is the driving force. Anytime somebody says, oh, well, they already plan to close this store or that store or whatever... They don't let you know, they don't indicate that while that may be true for one or two individual stores that were underperforming before, the reason they planned on closing these stores was due to the fact that they were no longer profitable due to the insane amounts of theft that are going on in San Francisco. But if you needed any more proof of the left's derangement of Chris Hayes in particular's utter dishonesty to members of his audience, listen to how he frames Chesa Boudin's background and his relationship or his family's relationship 
relationship with the criminal justice system. Boudin is an interesting guy. He's a Rhodes Scholar. Uh, he is part of this sort of crop of new generation prosecutors across the country, like Larry Krasner in Philadelphia and Kim Fox in Chicago, who came to power looking to sort of change the way prosecutors' offices work. Now, Boudin's also got a remarkable story. His perspective is shaped by his own experience with the justice system, growing up with uh, two incarcerated parents. So Boudin set to end the tough on crime theatrics of the prosecutor's office. Chessa is such an interesting guy. He was a Rhodes Scholar and both of his parents were actually incarcerated, which had a deep impact on him as a child and led him to be a criminal justice reformer. No mention throughout the course of this segment what exactly Chessa Boudin's parents were incarcerated for. No mention who raised Chessa Boudin after both of his parents were incarcerated. Because if you had to mention that and you had to mention the fact that that was his inspiration for his criminal criminal justice policies going forward into the district attorney's office, then things might get a little sketchy. Your view of Chesa Boudin might be a little bit compromised when you realize that his parents were members of the Weather Underground Terrorist Group who actually took part in the famous Brinks robbery of 1981, where they murdered one of the Brinks security guards instantly because they wanted to steal from him. Why is that familiar when I'm thinking about the excessive theft being allowed in San Francisco? And, of course, two police officers. And the way that these two police officers were murdered was that they were called to the vehicle exchange site by an alert citizen who saw obvious criminals acting obviously criminally. And Chesa Budin's mother decided to come out feign innocence, get the cops to drop their guard when six individuals popped out of the truck and fired automatic weapons at these officers. So Chesa Budin's parents played an active role in a triple murder that they were committing during the course of a robbery to achieve their communist dream. And that's why they were incarcerated for so long. An execution of a cop is what inspired Chesa Budin, whose parents were locked up due to their role in that execution, to be a criminal justice reformer because his parents hated cops. He was raised by Bill Ayers, who hated cops. He was a radical leftist who hated cops. And that's how he functioned as a district attorney in the city of San Francisco. And also, there's the purges that he did as soon as he took office. This guy fired all the veteran prosecutors. He fired the gang team. He fired the homicide team. He fired the drug team. All of these prosecutors that actually make district attorney's offices work around the country were burned in one giant purge by Chesa Boudin because all he wants to do is implement his ideology and having all these people that knew what they were doing in terms of the prosecution's office would have gotten in the way of that. This guy is a radical through and through. He's the son of terrorists raised by a terrorist and he still holds the ideology and the convictions of that terrorist organization into his role as the district attorney. The fact that Chesa Boudin, despite all of this being known during his original campaign, was elected in the first place is a rebuke to the city of San Francisco that should stick with them for a long period of time, even though they've made attempts to undo that with this re-election. Now, I've seen a lot of people, a lot of doomers, a lot of gloomers, saying that this is not going to have a huge impact. I've seen a lot of people saying, Chesa Boudin going down doesn't matter because they're just going to replace him with a radical who believes the same things. Blah, blah, blah. Don't worry about it. You're, you're just going to get a bad person. San Francisco is not going to be solved. It's not going to be fixed. Just... Why 
why are you even celebrating this? But the, here's the thing. It actually does matter. It actually does have an impact. And obviously, the city of San Francisco is going to elect a left-leaning district attorney in the place of Chessa. We know that he's not going to be the guy. We all understand it, or we all should understand that. This isn't going to become a red state. The city's not going to be cleaned up. But it is a shot across the bow in terms of criminal justice issues. And it does show all these progressive DAs that have the big money financing them, that have the Soros backing, that have the activists backing, that this does not play even in the progressive utopia, which I use ironically, of San Francisco. Even the progressives over there, even the people that invented Drag Queen Story Hour, have their limit with progressive policies, and that is a shockwave across the nation, and it will be a shockwave to all these other district attorneys, because Chesa Budin is a true believer. He is somebody who's dedicated to the cause. His parents were dedicated to the cause. This is the man that he actually is. But the next person is going to be somebody who's more interested in their own career than an actual true believer. A lot of these lefties go with the wind. They piss in one direction, and then they walk through it as they go the direction that the wind blew it. That's how they do politics. That's how Gavin Newsom works. That's how a lot of these people work. But as soon as the winds change, you're going to get more moderate policy. And now that there's been a shot across the bow, now that progressive district attorneys have been put on notice, that people are paying attention to their policies, you're going to see the non-true believers that are backed by all this big money start to pare down their radical reforms. You're going to see other campaigns based on the successful efforts in this campaign against those district attorneys to remove them from office. Because no matter what people tell you, no matter how much the left screams about the progressives and all that jazz in reality people don't like living in filth people don't like a city in decay and people don't like being victimized by criminals they don't like the idea of criminals being prioritized over the individual hard-working citizens of their cities of their states etc crime is a huge issue we talked about how the latino demographic is moving to the republican side in dramatic ways across this nation and the reason they're doing so the number one reason is not immigration it's not anything like that it's crime the fact is the left has overreached they've gone way too far and we're seeing the rebuke of that and they're going to feel that come election season and they're going to feel that with the long-term trend of latinos becoming more of a split vote rather than a vote in the pocket of the democratic party the democrats going forward are going to have one of two choices either they can pander to the radicals either they can continue to bow to their left flank at the cost of elections or they can start going back to the clinton days and triangulating and become champions of issues like crime much in the same way that bill clinton did during his presidency and obviously this has positive results biden very much gets credit for his role in putting together the crime bill in the senate side back in the 90s and this is one of the reasons why he was such a successful politician out of the state of delaware because when push comes to shove in good times when crime goes down people may get soft but again when they see the criminality open up across the nation they're going to want a strike back against the criminals and it's well deserved so yes while san francisco is not saved while one of our beautiful american cities is still in decay and will continue to decay going forward this will have implications for other places across the nation that thought that just maybe they would be able to sneak one of these woke district attorneys into office to muck it up there this is a statement to members of the democratic party who think pandering to 
to these radicals is the way to go, that you will suffer the consequences if you get associated with these horrific policies like defund, abolish the police, and let's not prosecute anybody for anything because whatever, it's only property crimes, it's only attempted murder, it's only all this other nonsense, and ultimately it will lead to good policy and the reintroduction of good criminal justice policy that will hopefully drive crime down in this nation and reduce the number of victims that we're seeing across this nation. But hey, those are just my thoughts. Let me know your thoughts down in the comments below. If you like this video, you show me by leaving a like. You can subscribe for more content. You can follow me on all my social medias. You can support me via the support links in the description box of this video. This has been me talking about Chesa Boudin getting taken down through a recall. Till next time.